I feel like it's less I I don't know there are obviously like bands that they'll listen to that I'm not the biggest fan of but I also feel like it goes the other way like I, I feel like they, they my parents they both really give new music a chance they're not like parents who are like oh I won't listen to any new music or I won't like what are the kids listening to these days I feel like they're pretty hip with some of the stuff sometimes um but there are definitely bands that like I listen to that my parents don't really like just a few examples of lemon twigs they don't really vibe with the most um King Gizzard and the Lizard Wizard and few other ones um queen and fleetwood mac as well i think those are just like things that have been overplayed for them in the past so then there's i don't know you can chime in on that if you want. yeah like when i was a kid my babysitter had queen posters in her room and that was the whole kind of we will rock you days and bicycle and all of that it was much too operatic for my taste that's not the music that i like um and we do, we make fun of each other. It's easy. We will make fun of the kids. The kids make fun of us and it's all good natured um, because nobody is a genre snob. Nobody is a band snob. Like the whole thing is we all appreciate good music and a good hook, right? So Britney Spears Toxic, fantastic hook. That's a fantastic pop song. I am not a fan of Britney Spears, but that song rocks. So it's always a good natured back and forth. And we all introduce each other to music, like gifts in our house are playlists. I get, get, I get playlists from Gwen, I get playlists from my husband. We make playlists for Noel, you know? So that's, it's like, um, it's a currency in our house. It's a language. So a lot of the time, just like at nights when we're in the living room, my dad's will, computer will just be on the floor hooked up to the stereo and people just like, add songs that they want to listen to and i've i've like learned about a lot of good bands from that time i mean for me it was like um you know at first i always thought my dad's music was like old and like not cool and you know like he listened to the who and pink floyd but i think as i grew up i mean i say that like i'm an adult now but um as at least like um in more recent years i've definitely had more of like an open ear and uh, i've listened to those types of bands more so yeah I think a lot of like resistance to listening to older or newer music like my parents did um is just like kind of like this closed-mindedness um like I, I know my parents like I always used to talk about like my music and like you know how it was like <laughs> simplistic and terrible and you know bad influence and, and all that but um, we've definitely come to appreciate each other's taste more. Right. Well, I have a shout out to my friend Sophie Brookover, who um, is a fellow librarian who I know for years now. And I used to be a bit of a music snob, I will say. Like, there are bands I didn't like and I was very vocal about. And she was like, Stace, what are you doing? Like, it brings someone joy. So just shut up. No one needs to know you don't like it. And that's kind of how I operate unless I'm in the house, right? Like, cause these <laughs> kids know what is what, but there's really no reason to say it in lower school terms to yuck someone's yum when it comes to music, if they like it, right? So. Mm -hmm. Like, do you, do you ever, like when you talk, like music obviously for a lot of people represents a lot of emotions and that kind of thing. Do you find yourself like seeking out uh, music that fits like your current state of emotions a lot? Or do you ever feel like music changes how you feel or like how does how do you think music affects how, like your state of mind yeah i mean i always just make like the most specific playlists on spotify um 
so like I'll have one for every situation or every like feeling that I want um or like I don't know I make ones like based on like characters or books or something like if I just finish that book then I'll just listen to it for like the next week and a half just nothing else um but I, I try to not do that because I don't want to ruin the songs for myself if I listen to them too much but yeah I have a lot of playlists that like cover everything I think that's the thing we were talking about before when we had listened to your first episode when you all were talking about favorite songs and it's a favorite song depending on the day or the hour of the day right it's like how you are feeling what's going on around you um there's a thousand factors that go that go into it and we've always talked about this as a family too. Like we don't understand people who don't play music in the car. We don't understand people who don't have music on all the time, just because it is something that I know I grew up as a kid and the radio or a record was always, always on. And um, we've kind of followed suit in this house. Yeah. Uh, I don't know. I feel like for me, at least, I, I have like a few playlists that are tailored to like specific moods, but I feel like Noelle does that a lot more than I do. Like I'll just have playlists of albums or songs that I'm listening to for specific months and I'll just sort of like cycle through stuff on shuffle. And I, I don't know, it's, it's weird because I play a lot of music too, but I feel like I don't go seeking specific things and like analyzing things too much. Um, I just like to listen to music because I enjoy it or it makes me happy or something, so. So when you say you don't like go into it too much, is that like listening to the, the lyrics or that kind of thing? Yeah, I feel like, I don't know, it's weird because I feel like you'd assume that someone who plays music often and I don't know, they'd pay more attention to stuff like that, but I find that I don't for some weird reason. Um, I, I, yeah, it's weird. Like my playlists are such like a mix because I don't really pay attention to sort of details like that. Well, our family's divided half and half, right? So me and Noelle, like if if you if you make someone a playlist, there's a message in there lyrically. If Scott and Gwen make you a playlist, it's songs they think sound cool. Yeah. Right. So we have two very way different ways of looking at music, um, even though we enjoy music equally. That's a good way of putting it. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I mean, I guess a quick question: Does your dad play music in any way or no? Nope. I'm the only one in the family. <laughs> only Gwen. <laughs> I mean, I have a little trumpet, but that's about it. <laughs> I guess that's pretty interesting how, like, um, I know you were talking about how since you play music, like, it's sort of odd how you don't listen to the parts of the song specifically, but, like, clearly there's, they're just not related in some way. Yeah, Gwen, you play bass, right? Yeah, yeah I play bass okay. and I yeah. pick up small instruments here and there. Hmm. So um, kind of building off of what Sam just said, is there any way that like you playing music um, really influences the way you listen to music or like, have you discovered new artists or new songs um, through bass playing? Um, yeah, I think so, definitely. I, when I started playing bass, I started playing in ninth grade through the arch rotation. And when I started playing, I definitely noticed myself noticing the bass lines more in songs, I guess, and sort of appreciating them more because, um, I don't know, I just feel like since we always had music on, I sort of, I don't know, sometimes it becomes a background thing that I don't really actively listen to. Um, but then once I started playing music, I started more active listening, I guess. And as a family, like 
both Scott and I started pushing bands on her when we thought they had good bass lines, Fugazi, Plague Vendor, stuff like that. We're like, listen to this, Fugazi. make your band play this, you know? So, so because she was only the only girl in her band too. So we were trying to kind of shove that forward. Yeah, I mean, I know my, my, my brother also plays bass. I know like if he ever hears hear, like a, a bass line that he likes, he'll get really excited to like push me and like yell at me in a, in a nice way. Um, yeah, um, I guess another one is like, you're talking about like road trip, car, like car rides, playing music and that kind of stuff. Do you have any like distinct stories related to music, like in a road trip or really anything? For me, I'd say the most distinct um, song, artist album that I remember listening to in the car is like Rockaway Beach by the Ramones. I think that's just like, a core memory of just like being in the car and having fun and just like, I don't know, being, I don't know, just like head banging in the backseat. Yeah, I agree with that one because I feel like that was the first song that I like thought was cool because our grandma had a place in the Rockaways. Rockaways. <laughs> um, and I would hear the song and be like, I've been there before. And I thought it was the coolest thing ever. I made them listen to a lot of ska in the car when they were little, um, because I think that's such a kid-friendly genre, just sound-wise. Um, but I do remember distinctly, um, we have a, a regular three and a half hour car ride we go on. And I was in the car with Gwen and The Cure is one of my favorite bands, obviously, as a child of the 80s. And 100 Years was on my playlist. And Gwen says, Oh my God, this song takes a hundred years. So yeah, that's one of the memories I have about music in the car. It's always hit or miss. I have to wait for them to drive because the rule in my family was if you're driving, you get to choose the music, but neither one of them are fully licensed yet. So I'm still a little in control. I also think um, on that drive upstate, there's always like a switch between the radio down here Stations, and then the yeah. radio up upstate and we always have that radio on like 24 7 when we're up there and it's it's like been the same songs for like years um and i feel like those songs are kind of ingrained into my body right no we call them cottage songs um it's eqx right upstate mm -hmm. and it's a, a decent station it's better radio than a lot of radio you can get in new york city they're about half a year ahead, I would say, of stations down here with kind of alt type of music. That that being said, they're out of Vermont, so you have to deal with a Grateful Dead Sunday morning jam and toast sort of thing. Um, but yeah, they the girls always say, oh, that's an upstate song because we heard that, you know, the year before we heard it down here. Yeah, I think you came on an interesting point about how you hear the same songs over and over again. And I think we were just talking about this our last time, but like, uh, how do you think like popular music had like sort of relates to the actual song? Like, is there something about it that's like a catchy part? Like, do they all have a good lyrics or is it good vibes or like, what do you think about that? I feel mm. My dad's always said that like my mom can always figure out a, if a song's going to be like a big song before it gets big. She yeah, has, I should have worked in A and R. Yeah, it's all about a good hook, really. Um, I mean, if you hear a song enough times, you're going to start to like it, even if you didn't like it at the first time. 
I feel like if you've listened to it through enough times, there's going to be a familiarity to it that gets into you. But I think it's all about the hook. That That's my opinion. I think there's also a difference on radio stations. Like the one upstate, all the songs like have a similar vibe. Like you can tell that they would be playing on that radio station. But I feel like down here and also like more recently, like a few, I feel like a few years ago, you'd hear a song and you're like, yeah, that's a pop song. That'll be like on 102.7. But I feel like now recently it's been more about who the artist is. I feel like I haven't heard many like one hit wonders on the popular radio stations recently. I feel like it's just the same like 10 artists. I think we also have a gift here on Staten Island that I would love to talk about. We have um, Makerspace Radio with Maker Park Radio, which is out of the Makerspace on Staten Island. And it's all sorts of different DJs, all sorts of different genres. Um, people play, you know, through their computer, they play vinyl, they have live shows. So we've been introduced, I know I've been introduced to a lot of bands. Our friend Kitty has a show called the She Pop Show, and she plays only female fronted bands from all over the world. So I've had the luxury of discovering things that you can't discover necessarily through the For You page or a suggested artist on Spotify. And that you definitely would never hear on the radio, on the you know mainstream radio around here. So that that's influenced our household as well. Yeah, I was also going to mention like smaller radio stations. I feel like my dad's been a big, uh, yeah, for WFUV is a radio station that will have a lot in FMU that have like more specific radio shows that you wouldn't necessarily find on like I don't know whatever stations are playing pop music, and it's really sort of like hidden gems kind of a lot of the time. Like, I Love to Rock by Katie, whatever. It's like a little girl singing a song. Oh. And it's they're just like, like the strangest thing. They're like but songs it's you so can't great. find on yeah. Spotify. So like when you hear it, you like have to pay attention. And it's like fun. I always hear like the weirdest songs on some of those. There's like ones about like mice or something. I remember that from a few years ago. Um, but then like after you hear it, it's gone. Like you're never going to hear it again. Hello and welcome to this week's episode of LREI's Taste of Music. Today we have three guests. My name is Stacy Dillon. I'm the Lower School Librarian at LREI for the past 20 years. Uh, my name is Gwen Raffo. I'm a senior at LREI and I'm her daughter. I'm Noelle Raffo. I'm in 10th grade at the high school and I'm also her daughter. Uh, and as always, uh, I'm Tim. I'm in the 10th grade. I'm Tetsuya, also in the 10th grade. And I'm Sam in the 10th grade. All right, so I think the obvious reason we wanted to have all three of you in at the same time is because, you know, how generational or how music transfers through generations is a big question or it's, a, it's an interesting topic. So I guess if any of you have like thoughts about like how either your parents uh, showed you or influenced your music taste or how your kids influenced your music taste, something like that, if you have any thoughts out the door about that, that'd be great. Sure, I think Gwen has some thoughts to start with uh, how me and her dad have influenced her taste. Yeah, I think a lot of my music taste and especially, I don't know, like the genres that I listen to uh, definitely come from both my parents, like stuff that they played when we were younger, um, stuff that they play now. We like a lot of the time we have music on in the house, whether it's like a radio or just someone playing some a playlist that they made or something. 
Um, and I feel like there's a lot of bands that I listen to that sort of like shaped my music taste that come from both my parents and like different genres too. Like my mom showed me a lot of like new wave, permanent wave stuff when we were younger. And then my dad sort of like influenced with the New York City punk stuff from the 70s and then also like rockabilly music too. Yeah, I mean, I agree with that. A lot of the genres that I listen to come from her, my mom. Um, I think more come from her than my dad, but my dad definitely still influenced a lot of the bands. It is interesting because, you know, I have my own influences from my own parents. There are going to be heart songs that I have that were on AM radio when I was a kid, um, but also classical music and jazz were things that my parents listened to that I carry on that I haven't really transferred to my own kids um, because they're not as welcome in the house here as they were when I was growing up. But I do have a Harry Styles <laughs> story that I can tell. Um, I went to see him at Radio City Music Hall because I realized his album was fantastic. He had great produ production and great writers. And that was early too. It was early and both of them made merciless fun of me the entire time. And then somebody asked me to buy her Harry Styles tickets for her birthday. So, you know, that was a couple of years later. So it definitely trickles both ways. I had a realization. It's fun. So wait, so you didn't like Harry Styles before and then you came around? Or... Never really gave it a chance. I just kind of made fun of her. But then when I decided like one day on the bus, I remembered you always used to play Kiwi in the car. And then I had it stuck in my head for some reason, like two years later. And then I realized that it was good music. So this is a question that's pretty similar, but like if we're talking about like generational music, a lot of times it's like, I feel like there's also a disconnect or like sometimes like, oh, my parents' music isn't cool. Have you ever felt something similar to that? Like, Yeah, I think that's interesting. Like how the preciousness of those songs is different like especially related to like the culture of Spotify, like you can play a song on repeat over and over again. And like how I'm definitely not an expert on albums, um, vinyl, anything, but for obvious reasons, but um, it's definitely a different vibe when you have something that you just press a button to play versus on the radio when, you know, you have to hear what they're playing. So you might as well listen and versus like um, actual records like, um, I guess this is more towards you, Stacy. but like when Spotify sort of took over, did you see like anything different in how people listen to music? Oh my God, a hundred percent. So we're always yapping at the kids about this, right? So if you're listening to an album, you're listening to it in order and albums were put together in a certain way to carry either, you know, a vibe or a message or whatever straight through. Um, when I was your age, when, you know, I was listening to a radio station out of Toronto, CFMY 102.1, um, we would stay up late. We all had these like compact stereos and you would have a blank tape in there and you'd wait to hear a song you liked so that you could record it, um, you know, and so it's a whole different way of getting what you want. Like when we had Walkmans or Discmans, you had to decide before you left the house what you wanted to listen to that day because you weren't going to carry everything around. Now my phone is always with me. My kids know my headphones are on when I'm commuting and I have a choice of like 
20,000 songs, you know, plus the playlists that I've, I've made, particularly for the commute, depending on what mood I'm in. So it's so different. It's, it's the way that everyone, I'm not just going to say kids, because me too, the way that I've listened has changed, right? And, and that whole kind of on-demand sort of thing. One of the things that has changed the way that I do things is um, Shazam, you know, that came around a few years ago. Because when I'm watching a show or a movie and I hear a song, I used to Google the like two lines of lyric to see if I could find it. But then I can just Shazam it. And I found a whole lot of amazing artists through different Netflix shows, you know, like watching Sex Education. I'm hearing this song and it's amazing. And I figure it out, it's Agnes Obel. So then I download her album. It's the, the, the like, the quickness of how you can get what you want is amazing but my patience is shorter i i switch from band to band from artist to artist whereas before i would listen to something for 45 minutes an hour and a half so definitely definitely has changed the way i listen and i mean my kids have always kind of listened that way i guess yeah and i think there's also as convenient as Spotify is and like as awesome as the algorithm is that it just like gives you what you want. I think there's always gonna be like a sort of sacred vibe around like playing albums and yes. records. Um, it's like we have a record player and a few years ago I like brought up all the records from the basement that my parents had when they were younger. And I sort of went through all of them and I found it to be super interesting to see like not only what they listened to um, a while back but also to sort of go through it with limited um, knowledge of the different albums and bands and sort of just choose something and like completely judge everything by the cover and just like put something on and also I've like gone to record stores with my friends before and just like gone to the cheap section and just chosen something that looks cool and then you have to wait until you get home to play it and I think that's a really almost rewarding experience and it becomes more of a thing like we'll sit in the living room together and put an album on and it becomes like an activity it's not just like oh there's music in the background it's like an active listening thing I guess. I think I've also discovered a lot of songs or bands or albums, whatever, from them like putting on records. Like I'll know, like I'll hear like one song that I knew from it, and I'll be like, and then it'll like pique my interest and I'll listen in, and then I'll discover like a whole new band for me to listen to because I knew that one song, but I wouldn't have like played it on Spotify and like found all the other songs. It's just you have a record, you're not going to play one song and change it and put another one on. You're right, going to listen like, to the whole album. Spotify seems to be more about the single, right? Mm -hmm. Rather than the artist and the album. Yeah. There's a teacher that I had um, a few years ago who was once telling me about um, Napster and how <laughs> that kind of dominated um, like a lot of the way people shared music, at least um, in like social circles he was in. And then um, like it, it was mostly free there's a piracy was completely rampant um but he said that that to him like meeting new people on the internet through like aim and stuff like that you know just strangers is like his first peek at um the way the internet would shape the way people find new music and then he told me that everything kind of came crumbling down in i think 2000 when metallica sure, yeah. thanks metallica yeah <laughs> yeah <laughs> they put the kibosh on that but um i don't know i just think that um, like the way that the internet and like new inventions, I guess, um, you know, as 
uh, technology progresses, like the iPod, and you know now we have the iPhone and you know Bluetooth speakers and all that, completely changes the landscape of music. One hundred percent. I mean, sharing is so much easier. But before Napster, there was the bootleg, right? Like you would get padded down when you went into a show to see if you had a recording device. It was always fantastic mm-hmm. to me to like when cell phones, smartphones first came out and they couldn't do anything about it, right? So I'm at a show and I record snippets of video. And by the time I'm in the car and I go search online, somebody else has like posted the entire show. So yeah, it's a, it's a whole different kind of mindset of sharing. Yeah. And, you know, I can't imagine like if you live in some place, I grew up in a place that was in New York City. I didn't have access to the pre-COVID live music that we all have access to. So that's, it's huge for people who don't get to see bands, you know? I think the sharing is amazing. And I also think that the way that Spotify has changed things and, you know, record companies no longer seem, I don't know the ins and outs of it, but seem to own the artists like they used to. And I think that's a good thing. I think like, oh, show like how, I'm used to like listening to the song that I want to whenever is like when there's like a live version of something or like a cover that I want to hear and I get upset because like I can't find it on like a Spotify podcast um because like I want the convenience of like just being able to turn my phone off while listening to it and like adding it to my queue whatever just like blending it in with the other ones and then afterwards I'll think about like I just listen to it on YouTube like it's not that hard yeah I've definitely become more appreciative of live performances of music I think in more recent years I think mostly after I started playing music but especially like the convenience of the sharing in that sense like there are specific performances that I really enjoy like for example Lemon Twigs they did really awesome KEXP performances and I just downloaded them to my notes app so I could listen to them with turning my phone off and I don't know I feel like because then again like what Noelle said oh I have to do that it's a process just switch but it's really down. not that much work but I don't know we're just so used to having everything just super easy and accessible yeah I mean like recently I've been biking a lot and I've been going on like long bike rides and um it's like at first I was like oh it's such a hassle to like get off my bike and change my music or like you know uh (laughs) but um and sometimes like the music stops playing because like my headphones die or something like that like uh, I get so frustrated but like that's so easy compared to like you know the way my parents had it and stuff so I mean my mom used to say like uh they would have to like um record on cassette tapes like the radio and then they would just have to like pray to God that the, the DJ didn't mess it up by like talking in the middle of it or like, you know, somebody didn't barge into their room. So, I mean, yeah, that, like today, I, I've come to appreciate more recently just like how easy I have it, even though it's sometimes still frustrating. I mean, going off of live music and concerts, um, I guess, like, as you mentioned, New York City is like such a wealth of music. Um, do you have any specific memories of like maybe for um, Gwen and Noel, like your first concert or maybe like, I don't know, just a memorable experience? Yeah, I can say um, I've been to two smaller concerts and they were both sort of a generational music exchange with my mom. Uh, first one was in, what was it, 2014? 
early 2019, I think. Yeah. Um, we saw Youngblood when he was doing his earlier stuff. I stand by the fact that his first EP is fantastic. I'm not a big fan of his recent music, but um, that was sort of something that she introduced me to because she saw him open up for- she, He opened up for K-Flay. Um, and then she sort of discovered him through that. And then she passed him on to me and then I listened to it. And then we went to the concert together. And then the second concert that I went to um, was a band that I introduced her to. Uh, they're called The Warning. They're three sisters from Mexico. Um, and they played um, in December of 2019. Mercury Lounge. Yeah, yeah, Mercury Lounge. And we went there. It was, I don't know. It was very nice going to a concert with my mom, as lame as that sounds. <laughs> but I don't know. It was very nice, especially since we both sort of introduced each other to those artists. Well, my first concert was going to be Harry Styles this summer, but then COVID happened. Um, so I don't have any of those stories. Yeah, but I guess the one thing I could say is our dad went to a lot of concerts when he was younger, like a lot. Um, and I like steal a lot of his clothes. Um, and he'll like sometimes talk about when he's like, oh, I went to like a concert in those pants and I went to another concert in those pants. And it's just like kind of cool to like wear the pants that like he saw the clash and yeah. right yeah like he came up in New York City in the late 70s early 80s so he saw the bands I was too young to see when I was up in Canada so you know he saw the clash he saw this he saw that so it's it's been an interesting kind of nostalgia and catching up for sure but yeah New York City is fantastic and apparently live music is coming back this fall so we're all very excited about it you guys did you guys do any yeah. like online concerts oh sorry and we do them separately um i catch up with bands from home again like an example of a band that i like that other people in the family don't like so i just plug into it um have, who else have we watched online you guys haven't i don't oh, think she did one we did Who's it? One of the One Direction people. Oh yeah. Oh I yeah. saw Louis Tomlinson in concert yes. online. So we've done a bit. We've um, supported more kind of indie and local artists uh, with with online stuff. I would say than anybody who's big. Oh yeah. Yeah. Sean I mean, and Sean Preston. Like, there's an artist. I'm sorry to interrupt you. There's an artist from home called no, Hopkins, and he does something called Tommy Douglas Tuesdays that he started um right at the beginning of COVID and for almost a full year he did a two-hour show every Tuesday in his basement just him and then he started like staggering it a bit more and then Sean Preston who's out of kind of the Baltimore Philly area who's like a country rockabilly sort of artist that Scott and I discovered opening up for um Screaming Rebel Angels um he does a few things online too. So we've tried to support them over the COVID years. Yeah, that's awesome. But um, kind of, I just wanted to like sort of touch back on the uh, live music part. Um, like for me, like live music, um, I never really got to go to like a bunch of like, you know, um, like official concerts and stuff like that. But I think um, like sometimes you meet like a lot of interesting characters in New York. Like, street performances uh sorry street performers and uh you know things like that but um I think just like for me talking to like um those types of people people who perform at like Rockwood and you know any performers um like that's just provided a lot of insight into just like the way music has shaped them and you know some of these people are out there for like 
six hours or eight hours of like, you know, the entire day. Um, so, yeah. Yeah, it's a whole love of music. And I, I do have to say, like, I never went to a coffee house before Gwen was in a band, but I'm continuously impressed with the kids at LREI in the, in the high school and what they do. And I think it was pretty cool too, Gwen, actually, yeah, you saw Geese, right? Yeah, yeah, Geese yeah. played in Brooklyn. So it's, it's fun to see, you know, kids grow up through the high school and then like really do something with music as well, you know, and especially if I've taught them when they were eight, and then all of a sudden they're 17 and they're up there playing and singing. It's, it's, it's pretty cool to see. So, yeah, I truly miss coffee house. I feel like a lot of people <laughs> do. All do, yes. Stacy, have you ever like wished that you did learn an instrument? I know you just talked about like coffee houses. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I fulfill my my rock star dreams through Gwen, one hundred percent. Yeah, I mean, I I play piano in high school. I played French horn. Matt McLean taught me trumpet in middle school band when Noel was learning clarinet. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, I do wish I had, but. I grew up in a very small town and it did not seem like a possibility that kids playing music in a garage would do anything but kids playing music in a garage. So that's where I think being a kid in New York City um, allows you a different kind of musical experience than a kid somewhere else. Perhaps the internet has changed that because there was nothing like that when I was growing up. You couldn't see other kids do things like that. Yeah, I mean, I, actually, like a lot of, it feels like a lot of bands or a lot of popular people do start from like garage stuff like that, you know, I don't know, obviously there are a lot of people who also don't, you only, you only hear about the ones that become popular. Right. Yeah, it, it is interesting to see how, how people become famous, like, like we said before, like become popular or make pop, popular music, like where that comes from. I think recently, like, TikTok has helped oh, a lot of yeah. a I've, lot of I found a lot of bands through TikTok. TikTok has helped a lot of small bands. Like I found a lot of people that only had like 300 followers at the time and then they blow up and then they're having like concerts and stuff. And even if I'm not like the biggest fan of them, like it's still just kind of cool to watch like one video that they made that like hits the right for you pages just like sets them on the right path. I was just gonna say, uh, like for TikTok specifically, like it's a, it's also you're making music for in a completely different way because of like the time limit because of like you you're, like Stacy said before you want to hook people instantly because especially on like apps like that, like the attention goes away so fast. So it really is I don't know I feel like the, the music that I see go popular there is totally different from music that becomes popular like it's on radio stations or anywhere else. I think it's actually like influenced a lot of radio charts too. Like yeah. I know like Castaways from the Backyardigans <laughs> went on the charts the other day because oh it was trending a lot on TikTok. And I feel like it has an influence that like nothing else really has. Like you don't find a lot of music on Instagram or like yeah. anything like that. Right, because it falls into your lap randomly when it's on your For You page, right? So if you're going to YouTube, you're searching. If you're going to Spotify, you might find a few things randomly, but not, you know, the TikTok algorithm is so strange. Like I've been trying to figure it out and I can't because my For You page before Musical.ly was one way, then it turned another way, then it turned another way. 
So I'm not quite sure what happens there, but I can pretty much predict the type of things that will be on a Spotify for you sort of this week, or we made this for you or what have you. But yeah, something out of total left field could end up on my for you page on TikTok and I might, I might freaking love it, you know? So it's interesting. Yeah, I think that goes back to, well, for one, this definitely makes me want to get TikTok, but two, um, <laughs> it goes back to that feeling like, as Gwen, I think you were saying, like you go to a record store and you pick something up that you'd never seen before. And like, in this case, it's just, you swipe um, and then it's just this thing you've never seen before. And it's the same feeling of like, you sort of discovered something that's sort of like weird, but as you like keep looking at it, you know, it, it becomes like familiar in a way. And yeah, I, I just think it's great. Definitely how not only do like smaller artists get support, but like, um, yeah, more people are inspired to make music because not necessarily to become famous, but just for that chance, like someone, I, I could become this person who comes up on my For You page. Um, I also think um, TikTok is gonna have a really big impact once COVID's done and live music comes back sort of strong um, for people getting access to shows that they wouldn't normally get access to. Because like, if Harry Styles is coming to your town or something, tickets are gonna be expensive. But if these smaller artists are growing sort of, they're growing quickly, but they're growing at a rate where you can still sort of follow them from the beginning and they're not gonna be playing sold out stadiums right away. And I feel like the sort of live music scene is gonna become more accessible to people as they find smaller bands that they enjoy because you know, Spotify encourages usually well listened to bigger creators a lot of the time, whereas TikTok, oftentimes promotes smaller bands and things that you wouldn't necessarily find anywhere else. I agree. Like I bet you any money there's going to be like some kind of TikTok festival. And when it comes to artists, right? Like you don't need to play a show. You can play your two, three, maybe even one hit and they could have like freaking 40 artists. Yeah, there. that's like, um, what was it? A couple weeks ago, Geese played at the Great Escape Festival, which was online this year. And they did like a two song set and it was just a bunch of different artists doing sort of sets that length and you can find like awesome stuff from there just because you don't have to sit down and commit to like an hour long show, but you just get this sort of rapid fire new music coming at you. Yeah, definitely. Um, this is just a bit of a, a tangent. Sorry, Sam, I, I knew you was going to say. Um, when Sam was talking before about when you're listening to when you're listening to music enough times, it eventually grows on you. I just remembered, um, I don't know if you know the, the group, uh, 100 Gex, but when you first listen to them, obviously, Please. <laughs> it's pretty terrible. And I, I'm pretty ashamed to, to like, every time I listen to them, I get a little more okay with hearing them. And no, I, me too. Like last year I had like a solid week where I just like started listening so to them weird. as a joke, but then there's just like something about that song. that will just like hook you in. Like she yeah. said earlier. Oh. And also, yeah, really, really <laughs> popular. Partly, I don't know, because it's a, a meme or it's a joke or whatever. But yeah, I don't know. Here it's a generational thing because I don't know what the hell you're talking about. So. <laughs> Keep it that way. <laughs> Sam, I am so ashamed because that thing is like 100% right. Like, <laughs> oh, I hate it so much. But every time I listen to it, it's just like, it becomes slightly less unappealing. And I'm so afraid, like every time, like we have a discord server and people play music in it and every time uh 
people play 100 decks, I, I, I immediately have to recoil because I don't want to hear it again. Not because I really hate it, but because I don't want to start liking it. <laughs> yeah, I feel like the whole hyper pop genre is sort of rising up now, partly and because partly because of TikTok, because I feel like it's the right genre of music for that super fast. It grabs your attention. It's like super, super like rapid fire. And I feel like that whole genre is, you know, it's coming up again now. And a lot of people, you know, you make fun of it at first, but there's like something about it that is enjoyable. So thank you for listening to this episode of LRI's Taste of Music. This episode actually went on for much longer and we'll be releasing a second part soon.